What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? You are tuned in to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dow. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Whether you're in your car, you're working out, you're at the job, um, you're driving around, it don't matter. I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to uh, the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Um, I am your host, Chris Dow. Um, let's talk about it. Coming off of the draft, now before I get into my thoughts on the draft and some of the other news going on with Chiefs, with the Chiefs, um, I was able to go to the draft. It was here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I reside. Uh, <clears throat> Thursday, I went to the draft. Beautiful time. Had a good time. Um, wasn't really able to, you know, it was hard, you know, it was, you got to get there early to get inside where the stage area is at, but they did have an open area, like facing the stage, um, where you could stand and watch the draft. Um, they had two big screens on each side, but I ended up going to like this little tent area where they had a TV and, you know, nice little area where you can get, you know, bet, you know, beer or whatever. Um, but it was a nice atmosphere. Everybody representing their teams. Nobody really, you know, no confrontations that I saw. I'm sure there was, but nothing to where it made the city look bad. It, it was just an awesome time Thursday. Um, then uh, Friday came back. Um, was able to get a little bit more, you know, film footage. I am going to put that out soon more film, you know, as far as recording some of the things, you know, some of the what's going on from the, you know, fans and, um, you know, different things like that. So it was a beautiful time. Traffic wasn't bad. I'm excited for next year for Kansas City when the draft comes to Kansas City. Um, I, I'm pretty for sure Chiefs Kingdom is going to be out there deep, uh, representing real. But I just, you know, the law, out here in Las Vegas, it was a great experience. And like I said, it was, you know, Chief Kingdom was outside in, in the draft. I saw a lot of Chief jerseys, um, a lot of little kids. A lot of little kids had Mahomes jerseys, of course. But it was, you know, a lot of people, you know, everywhere I looked, there was a Chiefs fan. So it was a beautiful time. Shout out to the NFL, you know, for bringing the draft to Las Vegas. And I look forward to the draft coming to Kansas City, Missouri next year. All right, now let's get to it. We got our draft. Uh, we, we drafted a lot of defensive players this year. Uh, Brett Veach, really in the defensive backfield. He went heavy. Uh, let's talk about it. The first pick, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. A really good cover corner. Um kind of deviated from what they're used to. They usually like their corners to be lengthy, six six foot and above, like six one, six two. Um, Trent McDuffie, he's what, 5'11", 5'10", I, I would say more of 5'11", but he's a smart corner. Um, doesn't, you know, get caught up in the double move. Um, very sticky coverage. Not really a, a takeaway artist like a Marcus Peters was. But more of a but more of a cover guy, you know he's always gonna be in the right spot. You're not gonna worry about him getting burnt on coverage or biting on the double move or anything like that. Very smart kid, knows how to play the cover. 
Props will be, be our number one corner coming in day one. Um, will we'll be a major contributor regardless. And you put him in that backfield with Legereus Knee, possibly Fenton. They, you know, we'll talk about the other corners that they brought in and a and a trade that they made uh, in that in that uh, room too. Um, next pick with the thirtieth pick, the first well, the Chiefs traded up from uh, twenty nine uh, to get um, Trent McDuffie. They traded a they traded their twenty ninth pick. They traded their third round pick and they traded their fourth round, uh, one of their fourth round picks to trade up to 21 to get Trent McDuffie. And they said it themselves that they did not, Brett Beach said he did not believe Trent McDuffie was going to be there. So they really didn't have him on the board. But when he was sitting right there, they traded up with the Patriots, which I don't know what the Patriots are doing, but they traded up and went and got Trent McDuffie. And I love the pick. You know, adding to this defensive backfield, which we need. Then with the 30th pick, they stayed pat and got George Karlofkis, uh defensive end out of uh, Purdue. Um, one of, you know, a defensive end that's in the mode of a Spags type defensive end, the big, long, strong, you know, bull rushing type, you know, defensive end he's not an athletic guy where he's got bend and he can you know he can hit you around the corner he's more of a bull rush push the guy back which is fine you know a lot of you know before the draft a lot of people were kind of I want to say low on George Kalafkis but they wanted other defensive ends because Jermaine Johnson was sitting there and when they traded up 221 I thought they were going to get Jermaine Johnson but they end up getting uh, uh, Trent McDuffie, which is fine. I love that pick. And I like this pick, too, because Karlofkis, he's young. He's 21. He's, ha- he's barely started playing football when he was in uh, high-, high school. So he's still raw, but he-, he-, he was one of the top defensive ends in college to get pressures uh, on the quarterback. So he has upside as far as rushing the passer. Um, his floor to me is a very good defensive end. He's good against the run. Um, he will help collapse the pocket. Um, but if he, if my, if I can give him a ceiling, I'm thinking of a Trey Hendrickson, uh, the defensive end who played for the Bengals. He had 14, 15 sacks the year before when he was with the Saints. I think he had like 13, 14 sacks. So maybe a Max Crosby even. Um, the kid is a hard worker. They say he, he, he gets after it. He's not going to shortchange you his effort, high motor kid, always going to give you his best effort. And, and that's all you can ask for, especially in the first round back at a half defensive end. Cause most of your best pass rushers go in the first few picks, the Aiden Hutchinson's, the, the, the cave on those guys are hard to get because usually those guys go in the first few picks of the draft and you probably had to trade up a King's ransom to go get one of those guys. But I like the pick of George Karlofkis. I like the trip McDuffie pick better pick better, but I like the George Karlofkis pick next up. We, uh, 
in the second round, it started because in the first round, that first 10 picks, it was just a run of wide receivers going off. Drake London was the first one. Then it was Garrett Wilson. Then it was uh, um, Chris Olave. And then it was Jameis Williams uh, who went to Detroit, uh, I think, at pick 11 or 12. Um, there was speculation of, you know, the Chiefs were trying to trade up to go get Jamison Williams. But it just didn't make sense. You know, they didn't want to give away all that draft capital, which I'm happy with. I didn't, you know, yes, I would have loved them to get Jamison Williams, but they weren't able to get him. So they stayed, they did what they, they let the board fall to them. They got two good defensive players in the first round. I'm happy with that. But going into the second round, you knew that they had to get a wide receiver. And the run of wide receivers started going off. Uh, the Packers got Christian Watson. Then the uh, the uh, Patriots end up trading because at pick 50, George Pickens, everybody's favorite wide receiver, even mine, I wanted George Pickens too. George Pickens was sitting right there at 50 for the Kansas City Chiefs to draft. And they end up trading back down to 54 and picking up an extra fifth-round pick from the Patriots, and the Patriots end up trading up to get Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. Um, speedy receiver, but, um, you know, Chiefs Kingdom was a little bit, you know, they weren't happy with the trade back because everybody wanted George Pickens. And, of course, uh, two picks before the Chiefs, George Pickens comes out the board um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, which makes sense. Um, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler type of wide receiver. I can see it. Um, but we end up picking up at 54. We picked up wide receiver Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Um, very, very high, high um, praise for this wide receiver. And Sky Moore, I heard about Sky Moore probably, what, a few months before the draft. I heard of, of the Casey uh, in uh, network, um, uh, Casey Laboratory, uh, Matt Lane, Kent Swanson, uh, uh, Craig Stout, they mentioned Sky Moore. Um, and ever since they started talking about him, everybody started talking about Sky Moore, the Todd Machets, the Mel Kuypers, the Daniel Jeremiah's, Bucky Brooks. The list goes on. Any draft, you know, expert or guru or people who, who cover college kids, Coming into the NFL, um, I heard about Sky Moore. And if you watch the tape on Sky Moore, you will be impressed with the way he, he he's great at the line of scrimmage, can beat press coverage. Um, he's on the shorter end. He's not a tall guy, but he has long arms, and he had the biggest hands at the combine, the biggest hands out of all wide receivers. So he, he has great hands. He knows how to high point the ball and go up and get the ball. He's not Tyreek Hill. Nobody's going to be Tyreek Hill. But he can do Tyreek Hill XS stuff. The thing about Tyreek Hill was last year, Tyreek Hill had to change his game a little bit because the two high safety look, they were taking away a lot of the looks, you know, that we were getting before where Tyreek Hill can go deep. He had to kind of change himself into a more of a possession receiver, work the middle of the field, and that's what this kid can do. His slant routes are superb. 
every he he ran a lot of slants and, and on you know digs and stuff in Western Michigan. He is very good at that. Don't be surprised. Sky Moore is a star in this league or a very good player in this league. I I, I have high high expectations for Sky Moore. I and I love this pick. He's going to be great with Patrick. And I, and I love this pick because I know Andy Reid knows how to use these type of receivers. I see a lot of uh, Jeremy Macklin in his game. You know, very great route runner, knows how to get open, has enough speed to separate, you know. So I, I see a, a Jeremy Macklin 2.0 type kid in Sky Moore. Then... With the other pick in the second round, and this might be my favorite pick, Brian Cook out of Cincinnati, safety, just a thumper, a hard-hitting thumper, flying around the field, just putting a hat on any offensive player that gets in his way. I love this pick. He is going to add to the safety room with, with the Justin Reed, with Thornhill, with Deion Bush, you add this kid in here, and now we got competition at the, at the safety position. Um, more athletic, uh, more af- he'll probably do some of the things you know that Daniel Sorensen, you know, was asked to do. But he's a way better player than Daniel Sorensen. Um, more athletic, can tackle way better, and that and that was the theme of this draft is that Brett Beach went out and got physical guys with Trent McDuffie, who, yes, he's on the small side, but he's a physical guy. George Karlofkis, a physical guy. Brian Cook, a physical guy. And, you know, the other, you know, another draft pick that I'm going to get into next, who are physical guys who will hit you, who are not afraid to put their hat in there and put a hat on somebody. So, I love this pick, Brian Cooks. And then the next pick in the third round, pick 103, the Kansas City Chiefs get Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. Man, now this linebacker, he's an athletic linebacker, um, is already slotted to play in in, in the strong side of the defense. And I'm going to tell you right now, with Leo Chanel, Go watch his tape. This kid flies around. He hits. He he already said he wants to bring violence and, and, and relentless violence to this team. I love it. Um, this kid is going to add to the linebacker core, and we are going to have a three-headed monster. We are finally going to have a strong, strong linebacker core with him, Bolton, Gay, Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this linebacker core in action. And this kid has a little pass rush ability to him as a linebacker. So don't be surprised if, you know, Spags uses him on some stunts, some twists. Uh, Just I can't wait. I cannot wait. Then with the next pick, they picked Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Defensive back corner, uh, one of the bigger corners, more of the mode of what Spags like. He's 6'3", like 200-some-odd pounds, 
from uh, Fayetteville, and I ain't going to sit here and act like I've seen Fayetteville, but I've heard good things about this kid. He was in the Senior Bowl. Um, Brett Beach talked about it uh, today in his press conference. We're going to get into that. Um, but he talked about how, you know, Williams, you know, he struggled a little bit, you know, because of the level of competition. But as time went on, he didn't, you know, bow out or, you know, take, you know, take it in and say, oh, well, I, you know, I'm not going to put myself out there. He stayed out there, competed and got better as the week went on. So, and they see something in this kid. Uh, he's raw, but they see something in him to bring him in and to make him a fourth round pick. They obviously speak, think highly of him enough that he can feel like that he can get the system and become a contributor. Probably not this year, but next year, you know, that I could see the kid, you know, possibly slotted into the nickel or in the, in the starting lineup period. So then the next pick, I don't know what it is about the league letting these offensive linemen fall into the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year you saw it. Creed Humphrey fell to the second round. Um, then Trey Smith, who had medical things, but he fell to the sixth round and became one of our studs. And here we are again. Darian Kennard. Offensive tackle from Kentucky. Now, this kid is mean. He is a mean kid. Like, he is not a happy camper. Um, he was projected to go in the second round, but he ended up falling uh, because of his um, his technique. You know, his you know his footwork is not that great. Um, but he was a, a, um, a, 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 a he was a star. I want to say a star, but he was one, a pillar in the SEC as an offensive tackle. He got uh, one of he got some type of award that they give out in the SEC for being one of the better offensive tackles in the in that conference. And when you playing in the SEC, you know you're going against the best of the best when it comes to defensive linemen. So, for him to get that award. And he's a big kid. He ended up losing weight because, you know, at the, I guess he was at the senior bowl and he didn't look too good. But he ended up losing weight, and he's still a big kid. He's like 324, like 6'5", six, 6'4". Six, he's a big kid. And I'm excited for this kid. He has a chance to compete with Lucas Niang, who's coming off of a labor tear. And we're going to see. It's going to be competition at that right tackle sp position, OTAs, training camp. So we're going to see if this kid can take the spot for Lucas Niang. Next pick was Jalen Watson, another corner out of uh, Washington State. Uh, this is a seventh-round pick. Uh, another, you know, a corner that, you know, I've heard a little bit about. He can't, you know, he the Chiefs visit with him. Very good. You know, he, he's a big corner, 6'2", um, athlete. Um, I could see him, you know, possibly making the roster. If he doesn't make the 53-man the roster, I could see the Chiefs keeping him on the practice squad, developing him on that practice squad, and bringing him out next year to compete for a starting position or at least get playing time 
next year. He'll possibly be on special teams, um, be a contributor there. But very good, another add to that defensive backfield. Um, now I'm thinking, you know, I think that the Chiefs are thinking, let's get as many of these cover guys we can get um, because the division, is, it, it, you know, it got better with the Raiders, with Devontae Adams, Henry, Henry Renfro. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutherland, Denver, and you got uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen with the Chargers. So it's going to be very interesting with the competition at this cornerback room. I mean, you got, you know, the slotted two at least starters are LeJarrius Sneed and McDuffie. And then for that third, fourth, and fifth spot, you know, it'll be a competition between Williams, Watson, Lonnie Johnson, who we'll talk about in a minute, and um, uh, uh, De- uh, Fenton and uh, uh, Baker, uh, DeAndre Baker. So it's going to be a lot of competition in that room, a lot of competition, and I love it. Um, with the next seventh-round pick, we got Isaiah Pacheco running back out of Rutgers. Um he was uh he's a speed guy, big big guy. He ran like a four 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 three. He's like two hundred and sixteen pounds. Um, I watched some of the, his highlights. The kid runs hard. Now he only had like three point one yards a, a carry last year, but that's because his offensive line was terrible. But I can see this kid contributing to the special teams. Um, both ways he could, I could see him being a gunner and I can also see him being a kickoff or punt returner. He has that type of ability. Um, so I I could see him playing some special teams, maybe get some running, running back, but I wouldn't also wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the practice squad or, you know, he might get, you know. I think he has a chance to make the 53-man roster as a special teams guy, strictly. Um, the next pick is – next pick, excuse me. Hold on. The next pick is Nazir, I think his name is. I want to say his name is Nazir. What's it doing there? I think it's Nazir. Sorry about that. Nazir Nazi Nazim Johnson, cornerback out of Marshall. Uh, I think they slotted him as a safety. Um, from what I'm hearing, he's you know he's pretty good at the position. Uh, Hard hitting safety. Um, probably as I look at him. You know, when it comes to the seventh round. I look at these guys as more so Dave Tope guys, guys that Dave Tope probably banged on the table for. Let's bring them in on special teams, and we can at the same time develop them their skills at the position that they play. So I look at this as another special teams type dude. So that rounds out the draft. Um, once again, we had Trent McDuffie with the first round pick. George Kalafis with the other first round, Sky Moore, second round, Brian Cooks in the second round, Leo Chanel in the third, Joshua Williams in the fourth, Darren Kennard in the fifth, and then with the seventh round picks, we got Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco, 
and Nazir uh, Johnson. So those were our picks for the 2022 draft. I loved our draft. We went heavy defense, got a, a, a very good high ceiling wide receiver. Um, I give our Chiefs draft an A. I'm going to give it an A. You know, I, I like what we did. Um, we, you know, we got better on defense. We got better in the wide receiver room. Um, and, and, and as a whole. And, and that's the one thing that Brett Beach stressed, you know, in his, you know, his press conference before the draft is that he wanted to get better on both sides of the football and that he was going to let the board fall to him and that in the second and third round it was the sweet spots, which he showed. He got Sky Moore, he got Brian, Crook, Brian Cooks, and he got Leah Chanel. All three of those guys are highly talented guys who fell in the draft who people thought were steals. So... Brett Beach, kudos to his staff, kudos to, you know, all of them putting in the time and effort and not reaching on players when they got their guys and made this football team better. And I expect that the defense is going to be better, younger, flying around, hitting physical guys, not scared to hit nobody, not making business decisions, but actually out there putting forth the effort to make this defense better. So uh, yeah, I give them a draft. I give the draft grade an A. Now there are some, you know, of course you get undrafted free agents that come in that they have target. That I know they signed it, signed that linebacker Mike Rose from Iowa State, who you know is a good coverage linebacker. Don't be surprised if he sticks around, um, at least on the practice squad. But the big undrafted free agent signing that they signed was Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson. Now, this kid, his freshman year, he was with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, he looked like an all-star stud, a first-round solidified pick, big play capability, deep threat, big body. He's 6'4", 200-something pounds, and the kid look like Oscar. And this is a team with T. Higgins, Amari Rogers. Um this th- th- he just looked the part. He looked like a f- top fifteen, top ten pick. Then he had he I think he had a thousand yards his freshman year. Then his sophomore year he had like eight hundred some yards. But he ended up having to have surgery and this is why he fell in the draft. But he ended up having to have surgery on his spine. He had like a spine fusion, and then he had to clean up some stuff in the lower part of his his spine. So, you know, that was a red flag right there. Then um, going into the next season, he did not, you know, the 2021 season, this is in 2022, he had to get that, that spine surgery. Then going into 2021, coming off the surgery, he just didn't look the same. Plus, he had a foot injury, and they had to shut him down the last three games of the season. Um, he didn't have he didn't test particularly well, but I think that had more so to do with his foot. 
Um, and then supposedly he ended up getting COVID. So medically, he's he's gone through a great great deal. But they said, you know, and and Brett Beaches, they asked him about it. He said that his staff and that they had long talks with the people who did the surgery on him and people who are close to his situation. And they said that, you know, everything looks good. He's medically cleared to play. So, look, this is a, one of those low-risk Red V specials, low-risk, high-reward type deals. If Justin Ross, I'm telling you right now, if this kid comes into camp and he is blowing us away, look out. This could be one of the greatest steals of any undrafted free agent ever in history. I'm, I'm saying it right now. This kid is has that type of big play capability if he's healthy. And we are going to see. And Brad V said it himself. He has he has a chance to make this roster. And if he goes out there and does the right way, get in the playbook, you know, get a connection with Pat Mahomes, man, sky is the limit. Dude, if this kid gets back to what he was, then we ain't got to worry about getting a number one wide receiver. Because he will be the number one wide receiver eventually. Because he will, you know, with him and Sky Moore, Juju, MVS, McCall Harmon, man. Man, Tyreek who? And I mean that. That's how skilled Justin Ross is. This kid has all the physical tools to be a great wide receiver in this league. He just has that type of ability. So... We'll, you know, we'll keep a close eye on that, see how he looks in OTAs. Hopefully he sticks. I personally think I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs try to stash him away for a year and then bring him out next year. But if he's medically cleared, I could see him competing this year and being a, cold, being a contributor some way, somehow. Then the Chiefs made a move yesterday, another low-risk, high-reward move. They traded for corner. Lonnie Johnson Jr. from the Texans uh, for a conditional 2024 seventh round pick, which is pretty much nothing. So Brett Reach does it again, one of his specials where he goes out, gets one of these low-risk, high-reward type guys. Now, he, he hasn't panned out like people thought he would, but come on now, it's the Texans. They you know, go through ch coaching changes and they was, you know, moving him around the corner and then safety and just playing around with him. I think he comes to Kansas City, let Dave Mary get a hold of him, train him upright, get him in this system, Spags too. That Spags secondary is like his, his specialty, so let's get him over here. He has all the physical tools. He is the type of corner they like. He's 6'2". He's 200-something pounds. And the plus side is that he already has a rapport with, uh, new, with our new safety, um, uh, Justin Reed, because they both play together in the, with the Texans. So he already has a connection there. So communication shouldn't be a problem. So, And I believe he's going to compete for one of these spots. The third corner, fourth, fifth, you know, corner. So look out for that. Look at that. Look out for that. Then the Chiefs they put in this thing called a un 
an unrestricted free agent tender on Melvin Ingram. Basically, they put a tender on him for one year, $4.4 million. Um, the tender is if before July 22nd, which is going into training camp, but before July 22nd, if Melvin Ingram signs with a different team, they get a compensatory pick for him. But if he does not sign before July, if he, if after July 22nd, he hasn't signed with a team, he can only sign with the Kansas city chiefs. He cannot sign with nobody else. Now, look, I know that sounds crazy, but I do believe that this is just to keep, and Brett V said it himself, this is just to be able to keep the, be in the mix for Melvin Ingram. So if by July 22nd he doesn't sign, I do think that they sit and they increase this money. I don't think it's just going to be 4.4. It might be 4.4 million guaranteed signing bonus, but I think that, the seven, it might go up to like seven million in incentives. I think that they will work something out to where they'll probably give him a little bit more of an increase. But it, it keeps Melvin Ingram on his team. He brought a spark, a juice, and he'll bring some veteran leadership. He will help somebody out like a George Karlofkis, um, and 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 be in that room and be a leader. And he's a leader that we need. You know, I I like it. I want to bring Melvin Ingram back. Um, he's going to be a good veteran presence and he'll bring that heat. He'll bring the pressure. He'll be another pat situational pass rusher. Probably. Um, he doesn't have to play all the snaps. You put George Korolovkis out there, let him get the run, but let, let Melvin Ingram work in as more of a situational pass rusher guy. So that's all the news with the Kansas city chiefs today. Um, like I said, give the draft an A. Love the draft experience. I, you know, the two days that I went. Can't wait for next year for you guys who are in Kansas City or who, uh, who are flying into Kansas City, who have made plans to say, I'm going to Kansas City for the draft to represent because I'm going to be there. I'm definitely going to be there down at Union Station getting my, you know, getting my chair on, look, you know, Proud to be a Chiefs fan, have my Chief jersey on. Shout out to everybody who, you know, is part of this community. Um, you know, Kingdom Cast, uh, 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 you know, whoever does a pod, you know, Chief Focus, shout out to him and his staff. Um, I'm excited. I can't wait. We're going to be down there. We're going to be doing our thing, cheering on Chiefs Kingdom when we, they, they announced the first pick. Uh, in the 2023 NFL draft. So that's my time today, people. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the draft. Um, and, and do me a favor. Send me a tweet. Send me a, 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 a give me some feedback. You can go to the, uh, the with the link in the bio. You can, you can click on it. And you can leave a voicemail, anything, any feedback. You can send me an email. Um, at Arrowhead Chief Podcast, uh, uh, at gmail.com, you can hit me up. I'm, I'm, I'm open. I talk back. I'm not Hollywood. I'm just a fan like you. Hit me, hit me up. Give me any type of feedback, anything on the show, um, anything. I can take it. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
But, you know, hit me up. Any feedback? How you feel about the draft? How you feel about the season coming up? Um, and if you are a first-time listener of the Arrowhead Chief Podcast, go ahead and hit that, uh, that notification and subscribe to the channel. And, and, you know, whatever you listen to your podcast on, whether it be Spotify, um, Alexa Music, or Amazon Music, wherever it is, uh, Apple Music, um, you know, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast on, uh, Arrowhead Cheap Podcast is on there. We are available on all streaming platforms. Um, and if you uh, want to follow us, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. And we're on TikTok, too. So follow us, man. We'll follow you back. We are, like I said, we're not Hollywood. So uh, follow us. And if you want to follow me personally, my uh, username, C-R-I-S underscore style 702 on Twitter. And just on Instagram, it's the same, but just 70282. Uh, and I'll follow you back. I will follow you back. So thank you. Hope you guys have a great week. Um, can't wait for the football season to get kicking. I know this weekend they do, uh, I think they start the mini camps this week, the rookie mini camps, and then they go into OTAs, and then they have their break, and then they get we get into training camp. So hope you guys have a good week. Um, and, and let's get this thing going. Go Chiefs.